This is Andy. Can you hear this or can you see this? I can see this. Can you see my voice? I can see your voice. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see if science likes Donald Trump. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Christopher Teabag Gibson. Namaste, BA, Namaste, Schmoopy. And Cameron Schmoopy. Hi, Andy and listeners. And Chris. Oh, <laughs> well, they're me. Burn off I the bat. I said you at the end. Burn off the bat. I said you last. Last author, best author. Oh, yeah, fair enough. That means I'm the organiser of everything. Yeah, well done, everyone. Um, uh, Gibbo, do you like Donald Trump? I'm not a fan of D. Trump, no. 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 Cameron, do you like Donald Trump? I've never met him, um, but what I've seen, I I imagine we wouldn't get along very well. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm quite an easy-to-get-along-with person. (laughs) Hang on, you're telling (laughs) me you're a pushover. I'm not sure if we would rub, rub... Rub, rub shoulders the wrong way. That's not quite right. <laughs> Hang on, you're saying you're, what you're trying to say is you're not sure whether you'd rub off Donald Trump in a way that he likes. No, is that the saying? No, that's, okay, not, the that's saying. not the same. Ooh. All right, well done. Um, I quite like Donald Trump <gasps> because I've never been so outraged in all my life about U.S. politics. It seems that every two days there's something new to be outraged about yeah it's quite interesting because the media seems to believe he can't go any lower oh and then the next day there he is waving with a baby whose parents have just been massacred yeah he manages to uh to go even lower yeah Yeah. it's insane look we try to keep this podcast apolitical but he's a bit of a nightmare Mm, but like i said i do like the fact that i've never been so involved in u.s politics because of the outrage maybe that's a good thing I'd probably look up Trump to see what he's said or done once every couple of days. Yeah. Oh, he's there's so, yeah. always something. He's always on the news. Now, the question is, Schmoop, sir, you're typing away. Like, What are you doing? I'm doing my pick the fake. All right. We won't talk to you for a little bit. <laughs> Gibbo. I've got opinions. Would, sci- would science like Donald Trump? Well, politicians are known for being duplicitous. What does that mean? You know, a bit, bit fake. Duplicitous. You know, wow. telling the odd fib. Yeah. Lying little, a little bit. Being a little porky pizer. A bit two-faced. Yeah. But I think Trump has taken it to a new low. A new low, yeah. And because of he, he's a real conspiracy theorist, nut, and because, I mean, he is fake news. Yeah. He makes he up is. stories about people yeah. constantly. And because he's, I think incapable of telling the truth and science is based on telling the truth i don't think science would um would like donald trump Mm, i think mm. he is the antithesis of the scientific method yeah yeah now the way i view it Mm -hmm. is that i actually have been watching the approval ratings of scientists or science and it's going up really for the first time in years. So this is, is this the like no publicity is bad publicity? So like even with Donald Trump saying climate change isn't real or blah, 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 or whatever he's saying. I don't really know what he's saying, but I know that's the main point of it. Do you reckon that that's actually making people be more critical thinkers? 
Yeah, I mean, there, there are some theories that um, because he's so appalling, people are actually showing a lot more interest mm. now in American politics yeah, but also, and maybe potentially science Yeah, yeah. because he's so anti-science on so many things. Yeah, yeah. So maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. Would science like uh, Donald Trump? Maybe because it... I see what you mean. Would science like Donald Trump because more people are interested in science? Yeah. I don't think that's enough of a reason for science. No. I mean, he is an appalling man on a humanitarian level, I guess that's... I think that Donald Trump is perhaps the most interesting political science um, (laughs) experiment ever. Yeah. 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 And so science is interested in following through on all possibilities to work out what's the best president of the United States. Yeah. And it's currently testing is this type of president the best president for the united states and what do you think his current uh, sort of hypothesis is well maybe not quite enough data obtained yet yeah but i think the, the economy is actually doing okay which is which beyond, is annoying which is yeah not what i expected <laughs> yeah. um maybe some longer term things like like of action on climate change and renewable energy yeah um they might not be doing quite as well. There are some theories that the first term of a president is typically due to the previous president's tenure. Sure, yeah. Because it takes quite a while for these things to, to, to kick in. Although he has, it's possible the tax cuts, it's possible some of these what they call little sugar hits he's given the economy mm. are have increased economic growth. But economic growth is not necessarily the best indicator of how happy people are. No, no, absolutely not. Mm. No. That's it. I think we're done. <laughs> Was, so one of my friends has got a new dog. Oh. The dog came over to meet Sophie. Really? Last night. Mm. Yeah. Now I have to be a dog psychologist and essentially I'm like Sophie's dog uh, seeing eye person. So I, I, I'm like, come away. <laughs> he's not happy. Uh, you're, you're, yeah, you are her seeing eye person. Yeah. She's not picking up she's, on she visual clues. No, she can't see him snapping or raising his teeth. And I'm like, come here, Sophie. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, uh, dogs, huh? Dogs, dogs, eh? What have you been up to, Schmooper? Uh, I mentioned a while ago that I had a article that was being reviewed at ACS Nano, Ooh, and you were very happy because <gasps> that's where you wanted shit to go. Yes. Yeah. Now, did I say on the podcast that it was reviewed and it was not accepted? Yes. And, and was- you also said that you were appealing yes. the okay. review. Okay. So the news this week I have is about the appeal process. Okay. Whoa. So. It took me a very long time to write my appeal, which basically included a letter to the editor saying why I felt like the reviewers didn't do their job. Mm. But then I also had like a complete response to the reviewers. Um, Oh, that's a good move. That's a good move, yeah. So now doing all of that took me a very long time and I'm only just this week submitted the appeal and their first... their first reply is, thank you very much for submitting this appeal. So that's nice of How long did this take, did you say? It uh, took me about two months to prepare the appeal. Okay. That's, a, but that's not, quite a long time. I'm but not working only on that. Yeah, I'm doing yeah. it in my spare time. Yeah. Um, and then they say, we have a formal appeals process and it must be looked at by editorial staff and scientific referees. Mm-hmm. The average time for a response is four weeks. Oh, okay. That's not so bad. Okay, so the other co-authors were uh, suggesting that saying four weeks is supposed to try and um, stop us from submitting the appeal. To discourage you. 
Hmm. Why? Well, four weeks is a long time. Well, only yeah, if you got like super awesome, really like. Uh, well, of course I do. I submitted timely, to ACS Nano. Yeah, but like really timely stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Are you worried about being scooped? No. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. So are you happy about this or not? I can't gauge it from your face. I don't know. <laughs> I just. Um, Fine. I wish that my papers. Uh, always accepted the first time around when I yeah. submit them, yeah. and that I never have to do any re- appe- appeals, let yeah. alone replies to reviewers. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty brave to do an appeal. It's not a common. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't really set on the idea of an appeal, mm. but I was. It was suggested to me to do it, mm. but because I, but I do want to continue being corresponding author. So it is me. Is my name on the signature saying yeah. mm-hmm. I do not want, I do not think the reviewers did their job? Yeah. Do the reviewers so, find out? Do you know? Like, no, I, I imagine they would. Wow. That, because that's, I mean, there's a little tricky conundrum because, you know, the science world is relatively small. Mm. Last thing you want is for someone to be like, oh, there's that Cameron Shearer dude who told me I wasn't a good reviewer. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure they would know. Mm. Yeah, maybe not. Mm. Maybe not. Mm. Oh, very good. Well, good luck. Fingers crossed. Thank good luck, Smoops. When when was it submitted? Just the other day, was it? Yeah, it was this week. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Very so, good. So, what when is I, it now? Early Monday. August. Early August. Mm. When I get back from the UK, maybe you'll know. All right. I've got stuff. I know you want to go last. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's have a look. There was the South Australian Science Excellence Awards. Oh, that yeah. That was on Friday night. I was at an event for that too. Yeah, well, you went to see, you met up with Dr. Carl. Yes, sorry, I didn't bring that up. Yeah. yeah. And <gasps> Dr. Carl gave me his business card. Oh, very good. I've got, I've got one too, by the way. What? Did yeah. You, did you have to ask he's for a it business or did he call. offer it to you? No, I think I was like, give me your proper business card, <laughs> Dr. Like, sounds Carl. like he's handing them out to everyone. <laughs> it was weird to receive it and see his name and his like Sydney affiliation yeah, stuff though. Cause it's, yeah, I don't know why. He's not famous for being Dr. Carl from the University of Sydney with no. some... He's famous for being Dr. Carl, the guy on Triple J. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, also, he's just such a absurd celebrity. He shouldn't, it by all, in all respects, be a celebrity, right? He's this really not attractive old man who wears outrageous... He's fucking hideous. Don't give me that face. Would you <laughs> have sex with him? <laughs> Glass houses, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Yeah. yeah, I know. You got me. You got me. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah. And it's just like, it's it's so great that someone can just get famous for doing loads of degrees and being clever. That's kind of good. Yeah. Well, that is good. Yeah. That absolutely. is good. And also, yeah. no one mentions how ugly he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be my mission to make sure everyone knows how ugly he is. Uh, but anyway, you were at the Science oh, yeah. oh, Excellence yes. Awards was, on Friday. Yeah, I was getting all sidetracked. I was at the Science Excellence Awards, um, and that is South Australia's premier science award night where they go through and they just offer up awards to different people. One thing that is always annoying is the fact that it's always... I didn't hear one person talk about their team. Ooh. Okay. That's a little bit dis- like distressing, is that I know you have to give a person... Uh, uh, an award mm-hmm. that's kind of how it works but 
Yeah, no one was just saying, you know what, this is actually not my award. Yeah. This is my PhD students, my postdocs, my blah, blah, blah. Mm, like, that yeah. was a little bit, That's a concern. You know, yeah. Even I, isn't there an award for best team? I'm not sure. Not, not while I was there anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So someone won the award for best team <laughs> and, and didn't mention the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did miss out on the last two awards, so maybe they said it there. I had to go. I had to go away. Um, so, yeah, so that was fun. Uh, I... Went to a meeting last week. So Sverbalize.science is going really well. Um, it's, it's like typical Adelaide stuff where you meet up with one person and all of a sudden other doors open. And so I've just signed on Water Research Australia as a customer. And then uh, now, I've, now I'm proposing to Ice Warm, the International Collaboration of Water Resource Management something or other okay so those people which are great you're in big water oh yeah i mean yeah apparently water's the the, the place to be for verbalize.science um mm. embarrassing though that day where i had a meeting i was having a bit of a personal hygiene sort of bad day Ooh, you were stinky what f- from which end <laughs> good question uh well first of all i was sat in my co-working space and someone went oh your beard because i hadn't seen him for a while and they went they said is it wet and i put too much beard oil <laughs> in my <laughs> beard oil. yeah mate i've got beard oil there is beard oil There's beard oil what yeah maybe this should be the news <laughs> tell me about what does beard oil do makes your beard oily no well because you wash it and it like gets all real dry and kind of like oh. spikes it's kind of like a conditioner it's like putting the oils the skin oils back in okay interesting just keeps it a little bit kind of like flatter and less frizzy but yeah so embarrassing moment number one for the day Mm -hmm. embarrassing moment number two is i'm sat waiting for the guy to have the meeting i'm sat outside like you know in the waiting room and i'm like someone smells and then i realized i was the only person in the waiting room (laughs) (laughs) and we had the meeting and bless them they did not say a thing two people but they did not say any a, a thing but i knew that i caused the stink because when i left he left the door wide open like oh. he made a point of like put, it was a sliding mm-hmm. door okay and he was like he like moved it even yeah. further did he open and close it a few times <laughs> he wafted his arms around yeah so yeah it was a bit embarrassing but the so good news is underarm or- oh underarm yeah yeah okay. no, it was yeah it was underarm uh, bo this smell is twice you've had two sorrows like that i yeah? know i'm disgusting i'm a horrible Ooh. person is it because you rode your bike you get do you have an excuse no this one i have no excuse you're, you're using some hippie underarm cream I'm using oil oil underarm oil (laughs) he's not bathing that's the problem at all Uh, so it just goes to show you can smell like BO uh, smell like BO but also still get customers that's good isn't it one door closes and another Another. smelly door opens (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) and a a window opens (laughs) and a window opens (laughs) especially when Andy walks in the room Uh, Uh, and the last little bit is this Thursday I am um on a pa- no, I'm not on a panel. What am I doing? I'm moderating a panel about the AI and ethics. The AI. Ooh. The AI. What is the AI? The artificial intelligence. The artificial the intelligence. intelligence. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Have you done any prep? Yeah, I had a meeting this morning with the organizers. I asked them some good questions, any controversial topics in the field at the moment. And mm-hmm. yeah, just sort of like did some prep. No, uh, I, I've still got a read up on the four panel members. And so I'm going to create a little cheat sheet. Tell me if this is a good thing or not. But I don't know these people. It's not my field. Mm-hmm. I know a little bit mm-hmm. about it, but I think that's kind of a good thing. Because mm-hmm. then I can actually ask questions and not like go deep diving. Well, you can be more like the 
audience yeah who you're exactly. supposed to be representing yeah but i'm going to create a little cheat sheet because they've got someone there from ibm they've got someone there who's flown in from the uk and they've got two people from melbourne who like one's a legal dude the other one's something else so it's like if that question comes up then i can quickly glance at my sheet and be like ah well on a legal perspective what does that mean for blah because i think that's the only way i can actually direct yeah conversation yeah yeah so that's what i'm doing so do you know what these people look like no so you have to work out who's who pretty quick. This is the problem. Now I'm off social media. Everyone's been telling me my face has been on like Twitter and Facebook and stuff for this event. I don't even know what they look like because I've not seen the things. Oh dear. Well, that's your choice, isn't it? It is my choice. Mm. It's my fault. Could you ask them when they expect our robot overlords to take over the earth? <laughs> All right, yeah. I'd I'll like an approximate date. All right. You want like a like a... You want like an actual date, yeah, not I've just got, a range. I've got a lot of groveling to get in <laughs> to our robot overlords. If you are listening from the future, robot overlords, um, I acquiesce to your greatness. All right, great. And so do I. I'm I don't. Scared. I fight it. I fight it. I resist. Good luck with all Good that. Good luck, Cameron. <laughs> we'll be little battery packs for him, yeah. smiling away. It's <laughs> yeah. warm and gooey in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than being dead, yeah, Cameron. Well, the Matrix could be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's me. So look, super fun. Everything's going well. Can't complain. Gibbo. Oh, me. What, what the hell? What have I been up to? What the heck? What well, have you been up to? Um, Haircut, number one. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Ooh, sexy boy. Thank you. Ooh, Thank sexy boy. Oh, 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 oh. Sexy boy. Oh, 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 oh. And the, the guy, the hairdressers, had to get the garden shears out to cut through your mane. And he did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You've got a little bit on the side that's not quite cut. Come on, touch it. You can touch it. Yep. I haven't had a shower or bathe since I had my haircut. Oh, man. So it's not a very good test. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, got the haircut, number four around the sides and back, trim the top as much as possible and, right. bl- and blend it in. What do you say? You say that. That's what I exactly say. Exactly say. Did yeah. they offer to put a bit of wax in it for you at the end? They did and I said no and the guy was like, oh, okay. You sure it's free? I was like, I don't want it. It's free. No, no, no wax. <laughs> Looking but cool is free. Do you, want to, you know what he said was? He what? said, do you want me to do your eyebrows? I said, make sure you do your <laughs> eyebrows. And he actually said, because you got some crazy ones there and I was like, get rid of them. No shame there. Actually, yeah, look can at I your, look your other. Can I, I, I can see you, this eyebrow. Can you show me that one? All right. Yeah, symmetrical. But yeah. they actually shave. Did they, was they there a bit the in the middle? Did they monobrow? They didn't do the monobrow, yeah. Now, what they do is they put much. a comb through it. Yeah. And then they just, the top of the comb. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So they don't. They don't actually shave. No, no, no. Not no, like no, a number no. four eye on no. the eyebrows, please. <laughs> no. Um, and I actually hadn't had a shave for a couple of weeks and the guy... The guy electric beard trimmed the whole thing off. He must have felt so sorry for you. He's offering you all these things yeah. just to make oh, you so not I look said like to a him, homeless I said, person. Can, you, can I get a shave? He goes, oh, we don't do wet shaves on Sundays. I said, I don't want a wet shave. So he did the electric trim and I was like, this is awesome. Like a new man. This is awesome. What, how do you do it normally? Wet shave? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It takes ages. Anyway, enough of that. Last podcast, Ash Slattery was here and he was... Uh, clever enough to remember my birthday was the next day. Oh, so oh, yeah. in I between, didn't say happy birthday in between podcasts, <laughs> it's been We're my terrible. birthday. Happy birthday, Gibbo. Thank you. We're Thank terrible you. friends. You. you are terrible. How old are you? 48. Whoa. 48. Yep. Shit. Yeah, that's real old. That is, that's proper old now. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think you're proper old till you get to 50. So I'm still pretty, pretty, young. pretty close. close. Yeah, pretty close. Anyway, enough of that. So what did I get for my birthday? Uh, kiss on the lips. I 
Did, yes. Yes, I also went to TGI Fridays. Oh, thank God it's... TGI Fridays. Thank God thank it's God Friday. Yeah. You got a steak, you got a steak. I got the um, awesome super deluxe oh, uh, Jack did. Daniels yeah. barbecue sauce burger, double oh, burger thing, whatever God. it is. Oh. Did you feel ill afterwards? I ate so much, I felt sick. Oh, no. Yeah, and I ate some of the kids' food as well. It was, it was great. Um, and then that was all we did that night, but I did take the kids 10-pin bowling. Oh, that's fun. For my birthday, me and the kids, and I won. Oh, yeah. great. Oh, that. That's good. Hang I on, with, slaughtered them. With the barriers up. I didn't have the barriers up. They did. Yeah. So that's even, that's a Hang double on, so double could, thrashing. You can put them up and down in between shots now. Yeah, they're clever enough now. I think that it does it automatically even with that's computer technology. Crazy, because I remember a man coming with a big rot, like big stick and nope. having to do it. Nope. That's automatically, you put in the name and then they tick a box that says bumpers. Yeah. And every time that person's name comes up, well, that is the future. Bumper. Uh, and I yeah, I destroyed them. Destroyed the kids. I won very easily. <laughs> Well, well done. done, Giver. Got, 100, got 148. Ooh, hey, that's pretty that's good. Decent. Yeah, pretty pretty good. Pretty. Good. I very rarely crack the hunge. I know. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I actually said to Sean, I said, I think that's my highest score. And she said, no, Dad, you've got over 150 before. I was like, how do you remember? She goes, because you went on about it a lot. <laughs> I like that Until Shauna's... she cried, I think. Yeah, right. I like that Sean is starting to become completely self-aware. And, oh, she knows, uh... she, knows, she knows what her dad is. Yeah. Um, all right. We what? now have another member of our family at our house. Oh. <gasps> yes. Another. It's not human either. What is it? We have a rooster living at yeah. our house. <laughs> Who chooses to buy a rooster? Let, no one bought this rooster. So we drove, me and, me and Keel and my son, um, we drove past the house. I was on the way somewhere. And in the corner of my eye, I thought I saw what looked like some kind of fowl bird. In our driveway. And I said to Keelan, I think there's a chicken in our driveway. And, of course, to him, he's just like, what? Yeah. A chicken? We turn around, come back, pull into the driveway, and Keelan goes, that's a big, fat chicken. Yeah. don't body shame the chicken. (laughs) He said, sorry, Dad, that's a very large chicken. Very woke of you, Chris. Yeah, thank you. Whoa, Jesus, what's going on on this podcast? I am very much awake. And... um. (laughs) Yeah, and so it wasn't a chicken, it was a rooster. And so they it, it has annoying. just been walking up and down our street and crowing at from about 5 a.m. to yeah. 7 a.m. Oh, you're right? doing well for it to wait till 5 a.m. Man, well, it could start earlier. I'm possibly asleep when it starts crowing. <laughs> but what happened was we've had some pretty bad weather recently, haven't we? Yeah. Certain members yeah. of our family took pity on the rooster. No, it, no, it, now no. it's in our... Our back garden and was getting and getting food and oh. now it's going around our back garden shitting everywhere. <laughs> Good fertilizer. Every not when it's on cement. No, no. Not, not. when it's on cement. <laughs> and people are saying things like, Well, I guess I let it in the house, so I should be the one to clean up its excrement. And I'm saying, Yes. <laughs> yes, you should. And I'm not helping. I've got a power washer. Does that help? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know because it doesn't look like it's coming off. Yeah. Oh, so well, well done. That's it. One last tiny little oh, bit. Web of Science, all databases, H-index up to 24. Oh, congratulations. Let's leave it at that. Boom. 
Oh, we got feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. Feedback from listeners. Facebook feedback Ooh, this week. What's the Facebook best feedback? kind of feedback? Coming in from Belinda Fabian or Fabian, maybe. Um, sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Uh, we go talking about, I can't remember what episode number now. Episode 85, I think we just mentioned again that we had feedback from a listener about doing oh, the, the, pers- the personality test. Yeah, ah, yeah. Very good, very good. Um, and so maybe she went to write up on andymatter.net, which is, which current, is <laughs> currently not working. Is it uh, under construction? Uh, no, it's just not. Uh, I've not put $50 on the uh, hosting plan. <laughs> <laughs> and so Belinda's written on the Facebook her results for the Brilliant. personality test. Nice. So we were all ENTJs. Yeah. Inch. Uh, I think even everyone who had written on the... Everyone has been ENTJ. Um, ENTJ. Forum has been ENTJ, at least until it uh, disappeared. Jesus Christ, you can't attack it twice in one sentence. Right, we're going to go for three. Uh, Belinda Fabian is an INTJ. Ooh. Inch. Uh, she says she works Introvert. in microbiology and genetics. INTJ definitely mostly fits. So the difference being that she has introversion greater than extroversion. Mm. And I think that's the one oh. that we varied the most in because yes. I was only a 2% extrovert. Yeah. And I think you were maybe like 40 and 70, <laughs> something yeah, like yeah, that, or like maybe even there. more than that. Yeah. Yeah, I was middle of the range. You were at the extremities. Thank you. Andy. BA. Well, thanks very much, so, Belinda. Yeah, so I replied to that comment again with the link to the personality test, yeah. so 16personalities.com. Very good. Um let us know how you go. I'm still interested to know. And as Belinda says, we need bigger N for our database. Yes, we Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Sample size needs to increase. And then, 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 yeah. It's time for Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. That was a great one. Yeah. It always gets better every time. <laughs> yeah, every, every time. time. Every, every time. time. Uh, Cameron, why is the topic? I think about rules a lot. Yeah. Yeah, nice. And I've uh, actually listened to a podcast about the referee and how important they are in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys have much experience with referees in life outside of work? Hang on, like someone who chases you around and blows a whistle at you when you do stuff wrong. For example, or anyone who kind of enforces rules. I don't like Jobsworths. Like, what's that? Jobsworth, you know, someone who just takes their job far too seriously and there's like rules and it's like, but like just like when they wrote that rule, they didn't mean it to be enforced the way you're enforcing it. It was like a recommendation. But mm-hmm. they're like, no, it's past five o'clock. We'll yep. do, we can't sell it at that price. Yeah. Anyway, I don't like that. So those referees annoy me. So uh, I had one like that recently. Oh, all right, okay. There's a dog park not far from here. Yeah. Mm. But your dog's allowed off the leash only between the hours of 5 p.m. to 10 a.m. Yeah. And I had my dog at 10.10. No, stop off it. Off the leash. Stop it. And Ooh. she she uh, she called out to me from like halfway across the park. She <gasps> said, 
hey you or whatever she was maybe a bit more polite than that she said hey you have you read the signs <laughs> and like what what signs no assuming that there was some new sign up yeah i don't know like saying yeah. free yogurt yeah 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 <laughs> well free stuff <laughs> because i'm at the dog park a lot of course yeah. i know the hours that he's allowed to be off leash yeah, yeah. But if i'm the only one there what so what i let him off the leash yeah he said oh you're yeah. the only one there yeah oh what and she's like, oh, your your dog has to be on the leash after ten a.m. And this is on a Sunday. And I said, oh, is it after ten a.m.? And she said, yes. I said, oh, okay. And they said, yeah. So you're you're welcome to stay, but you have to put your dog on the lead. And I go, oh, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. And so I just did not put him on the. Le- I walked. I left the park across the opposite exit to where she called me across, yeah. and I did not put Reggie on the lead Ooh. until oh. we were. Out of the park. Oh, you bad boy. Scofflaw. Scofflaw. So, bad boy. That's what... So, she was right, of course, yeah. but she was being a jobsworth. Jobsworth, that's right. Someone who, you know... A Dudley do-right. A Dudley do-right. Mm. You would have been conflicted because you love rules, yeah. Cameron. So As I say, she was right. Yeah. You, had to re- you had to respect that, and yeah. yet... Huh? You didn't, you didn't put Reggie on the lead. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's that rebel coming out what in other yeah. referees in life are there? Policemen, police, referees uh, at football games, umpires in cricket, yeah, referees for journal articles, which we've already mentioned. Do you call out friends a lot? Are you a referee of friends? Um, it would depend on the behaviour, I suppose. What if I came over and started kissing Joyce? Yeah, I'd call that out. I'd say, "Oi, Joyce, stop kissing Andy." <laughs> and she'd be like, "I can't." He's help supposed it. to kiss me. <laughs> the beard is so lovely. It's what a real man must feel like. Oh, I don't see many much. Many people do things wrong. No. I guess maybe if someone's littering, I might just pick up. Like it, yeah. pick it up and say, "Come on, we." I saw than someone that. put out like a cigarette or throw a cigarette butt on the floor like it was the eighties the other day. Oh, just like <laughs> boom, like not even stomp oh, it out, just, just like like yeah. And there was a moment in me that was just like, I wanted to be like, "Excuse me, you seem to have dropped your cigarette butt," mm. but the English in <laughs> me uh, quickly quenched. So my wife's Irish, and she's got no problem telling people at times. Depends on the thing, but she really doesn't like people smoking in places they're not supposed to smoke. Yeah. So she will call people out on that. Yeah, good. She'll go, oi, what's this smoke here? Especially yeah. when there's kids around. Yeah, good. Anyway. Yeah. You ever get pulled over by the police uh, in, in the car? Uh, yeah. Or not uh, only roadside, uh, what they not, call not, them. Not, they haven't flashed your lights because you've done something no, wrong? No, I've, I've never had the party lights go off on me. Okay. No, I've never had that either. I've always, when yeah. I was a pizza delivery driver, I drove perhaps the worst car in Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> And I used to get pulled over all the time. Yeah, wow. Because they thought you were delivering drugs, clearly. Uh, probably. Yeah. Did you get yeah. a pink slip for the car? No. No, you no, never they, did. They never They never really, gave you a pink they slip. Just, they just kind of wanted to pull, pull me over and just talk <laughs> to me. Why are you driving this heap of crap, sir? <laughs> oh, my God. Young sir. And so one time they told me I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. <laughs> and so I was a piece of delivery driver, so I was getting in and out of the car a lot. Yeah. And I like I had like pulled over to to get out to um to, to deliver pizza, and then all of a sudden there's a police behind me, and they just come out. You weren't wearing your seatbelt, oh. and I'm like, and I honestly to this day believe I was wearing my seatbelt. Yeah, mm. but mm. well, they need so they cannot pull you over without 
due with like reasonable cause. Yeah. And if they didn't see your seatbelt on, then they mm-hmm. can pull you over. But it's one of the horrible things. If your car things. is the worst car in Adelaide. Yeah, they've got all sorts of reasons. <laughs> that could be <laughs> cause. That could be cause. Yeah, that's right. So, but I they didn't give me a ticket. I don't even if they know if I asked my name or anything. So yeah, wow. they just wow. wanted to make sure you weren't tweaking out or sketchy. Yeah. So, I mean, rules are rules. You rules guys want are to rules. Share any other, rules but rules. some rules are more flexible than others. Yes. Um, so, Alan Finkel, in his opening address of the Sixth World Conference on Research Integrity at the University of Hong Kong in mm. June 29, the Finkmeister, he came across the idea of the science referee, which is what the topic today is going to be. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good. And so I've gone through his speech and I'm going to pick out some things he said and then I'm adding in some some of my own thoughts as well. All right. Mm-hmm. When you mm-hmm. are doing Finkel, can you do a Finkel voice? What um, does he sound like? Like posh uh Melbourne. Okay. Is that how I already speak? <laughs> do you uh, <laughs> do not speak like a posh Melbourne like for someone from Turak. Okay. That's what you need to sound like. Scientists are being pressured to produce more tangible results to show their value. This has resulted in a skyrocketing of published papers recently. Publication is the bridge that research needs to cross to public knowledge. Over 4 million articles are published per year through 40,000 different journals. Wow. So how did we get to the point where over 4 million journals are being published in a year? Or papers. 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 Do you know what? Last So when I was doing the verbalize.science in the early days, I had to look up that stat. Yep. And at the time, it was only 2.5 million a year. Mm. So in like two and a half years, it's gone from 2.5 to 4 million. Yeah. I need to update my... But I wonder, so, I wonder about the number of people doing science over well, the years. If that's changed. Yeah. So my, my question here is, is, work more, is more work being done... Or are results of less significance being published? That one. <laughs> I, I say it's probably a combination of the two. Nope. But, so, <laughs> well, so you're saying both. So I'm more, both, more people yeah. are working in science probably, which I think makes sense. So economies are going stronger than they do re- work in science. But at the same time, people are publishing worse results or less thorough results. Well, I, I think one, one affects the other because the more people in science, the more people you're competing with, the more papers you have to publish, the lower the hanging fruit that you're going to research and publish mm-hmm. and yeah. the worse work you might do. Look, so you give clever people a metric by which they are judged and they will game it. It's mm. as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. So Finkel goes on. There are over 20... What's oh, he from? Oh, he's changed. <laughs> he's changed again. Wow. There are over 20... There are over 20,000 retracted papers on the Retraction Watch database. 20,000? 20, 20,000 papers on the Retraction Watch database. Wow. What percentage of papers, of retractable papers, do you think have actually been retracted? Of retractable papers that have oh. been retracted? Oh, my God. Yeah. No idea. What, what does that mean? Like... So, so there are twenty thousand papers that have been retracted. Yeah, how many papers in the world are there that deserve oh. to be retracted? Oh, it's probably a small fraction. Yeah, I'm sure. I hope it's a small fraction. Mm. You hope? Well, yeah. Otherwise, it's a, it's a fucking farce. The whole like process. So you hope that what twenty thousand percent? Oh, hang on. I hope that the overall of like the fraction of 
potentially retractable compared to normal papers yep. is low. Okay. Sorry, yes, that's yes, what I meant. Yes, 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 yes. I just said it the opposite way. Yeah. yeah. But is that what you actually think? What percentage of papers do you think are retract would would be retractable? I, look, I would say that it would have to be higher simply simply based on the fact that um, there are papers out there basically duplicating the same results. Mm-hmm. So that alone, you reckon, is a huge portion would, would, of retractable. Would be a huge, would, would, is surely that's reason enough for a retraction? Yep. And I would say that that must be a that that in itself would be a huge chunk of papers, much more than twenty thousand. Well, if you look at like I reckon like there's a bell curve. Of like where there's no, it may be by I don't know. No, I'm fucking I'm talking through my ass. But it's probably the long tail. So you've got not many being published in really awesome high impact stuff. Yeah. But then you've got this massive tail of really low impact. Yeah. That never get read. High volume. That high volume. So look, I I I dread to think. I reckon there's loads that should probably be retracted for irreproducibility and all sorts of other things, but will never, ever be found out because no one's reading them. No Mm. one's got the time to go back and look at all those papers and and check them out. No. No one. The ones that probably get found out are the ones that are being published in high-impact journals because people are actually going to try and reproduce that work. Yeah. What other industry would it... Like, we kind of just say, like, people who get caught with a paper and they have to retract it like sometimes you kind of just say you know so be it or they blame a student they move on like what other industry is similar where you can kind of be caught being fraudulent and it mean nothing or you don't really US be reprimanded politics. <laughs> <laughs> politics and science yeah yeah <clears throat> i don't know i don't really know what other industry or occupation like if you're an accountant and you got caught screwing up people's accounts, yeah, your reputation would be in big trouble. Oh, it's a criminal thing at that point, right? Like yeah. handling money. There's no real criminality in academic no. science for that sort of well, thing. It, you get a it, reputational it, damage. Yeah, well, criminality only comes really when you come to money-based things. Yeah. If mm, you, yeah. There's definitely reputation damage, but, but it's, it's never it's never fatal, is it? I guess not. Because ultimately, if you're bringing money for the university, no one cares. No. Mm. Mm. That's right. All right. Um, okay, so Finkel continues. What was my accent again, Andy? Uh, uh, posh Torak Melbourne. I wanted you to say a sentence. Or say, oh, you want me to say it? Like, get me started. Uh, so it's there was the 2015. There was the 2015. Okay. <laughs> I think it's maybe there There was a... There was a 2015 <laughs> survey of about 400 statisticians on their interactions with collaborating researchers. Mm. Almost half had been asked to report results before the data had been cleaned and validated. A quarter had been asked to remove some of the data. More than 10 had been explicitly directed to falsify the statistical significance, some of them on more than 10 occasions. Whoa. So there are there we go a survey in 2015 of statisticians basically saying that um, all they do is you know they work out the significance of results but mm-hmm. they have been directed to make up the data or, or uh, cherry pick the data yeah or been told to get results before they even received all the data mm. ooh ooh so in science who stops that. Their peers, but do they? 
but how so how would a peer stop this kind of that kind of statistical mismanagement of data yeah i mean uh, you can't do it retro no what it was it like actively you so like, have to do it retrospectively and be like well we've tried to reproduce things or we yeah. we've rerun the numbers yeah and it doesn't work but yeah that's tough but the person being asked to do that mm-hmm. that's probably the first port of call so them just saying no yeah yeah but the, i'm not saying that's easy I, i'm yep. saying that's a tough one okay but that person like if that person is working for someone very powerful and their career is on the line yeah and they have um you know they're feeling a lot of pressure what do they do there's nowhere for them really to turn is there mm. they can go to other colleagues well but like if you have to publish as well if this and you're a statistician you need people to give you the data or they you, they yeah. want you to you want other groups to want you to do the statistics for them mm. yeah but don't you? So where 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 does where does that science referee come in in any statistical type of um, rigor come in? So so Andy, you make you made transparent conducting electrodes. Sure did, bruv. Chris, you calibrate cantilevers. Exactly. What in your what is an, a big enough sample size per measurement that you do? So when so we used to do like slides with six fingers on for like testing Mm -hmm. and i I really can't remember but it was you know like you would have you couldn't just report one finger did that or you would often report the average of a number of fingers or Uh whatever it was you could say and our best was yeah but you couldn't hold that out as and i guess that's like field specific right like if i received a paper to review and they were like two of our fingers and so we're reporting the highest efficiency blah 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 i'd be like hold on hold on um so yeah i mean it's yeah it's very field specific and look i have seen papers where people do one thing and they just report it as like we achieved it Mm -hmm. so stats are interesting because it depends on what you're measuring what what some people will accept n to be Mm -hmm. so for me when i'm doing my cantilever calibration you have to do some force curves and if you remember that andy stopped doing that motion in front of me um i would do a minimum of, of 10 measurements ten, average them and then that value i would have to input into my calibration and then i would do that a further 10 times okay so i don't know if you remember doing the sensitivity camera yeah and you would have to average the approach and retract cameron said that that was the bit of his life he wished he died when he was doing that (laughs) and yet he's still here he's still here so yeah (laughs) but when using afm to measure the roughness of a surface Mm -hmm. how many images do you think people take when they're Trying to work out the roughness of an entire surface. Ah, but that's many points, right? That's like yeah, an but area. Is is a five by five micron area over a one by one millimeter sample really mm. representative? Mm, good question. So I've seen people report three images per sample. I've yeah. seen people report five. I've seen people report ten. Mm. And they're all been published. Mm. Yeah. But in each image, there might be five hundred by five hundred points. So you could go, Oh, well, actually we sampled Thousands upon thousands of points on the surface. Yeah. So stats are misleading. Stats are misleading. They can be very, very misleading. So what is it? So you've both said, you know, we did this. Mm -hmm. and But then you also said, but we saw others do this other thing. Mm. So 
what maybe if what what is okay so as long as you're not purpose because i know the other people did this other thing because they said we we did this thing Mm -hmm. and they didn't pretend that they did it any other way okay yep um so maybe it's that maybe if your intention is to purposely uh misdirect someone of how much you've done is where there's an issue whereas if you just go hey i'm trying to get this published because i need papers but we've only done it once Mm. therefore let's see where if we can get it into australian chemical journal whatever it is (laughs) australian journal of chemistry that one um you know maybe that's not that's not so bad then at least you're not trying to fool me yeah but is it i mean I so I like rules, right? So you love rules. There's no rule there in what no. you're saying. What you said is we do this and it's okay, and yeah. they do this and it's okay. As long as yeah, as long as they tell everything's you. okay, as long as it's all said. But how can someone do something once, yeah, and have that as a like that's not following the scientific method, mm. right? So they haven't really, if they've done something once, got a result, have they not then tried to make it better by slightly changing something Mm. or doing it again to make sure that that result wasn't a mistake? Mm. Yeah. It's like, so should... It's like in the materials world, when you have got something, like you create a sample and you can test it a load of ways. But the fact that you can see it and image it, there is no disputing from AFM, from TEM, from whatever he does, that he has this thing that looks a certain way and is a certain dimension because he's proven beyond doubt that he's done it. But he's only done that once. That that demonstrates that it can be made at least once. Yeah. So making, well, like a star-shaped Star-shaped thing. thing. Yep. There we are. Look, we've done it. It's not tip artifact because we've done this, this. It's made it's like, of this because we've got the yeah. ramen or the EDX yeah. or blah, blah, blah. And so, so if it's it, a new thing like that. Whereas if he was saying we've made a new thing and it's like, uh, I don't know, it's got this conductivity, mm-hmm. then that's when you're like, okay, well, now we need a greater number of N because yeah. now you've shown me you can produce this one thing. Yeah. And that's the thing about material science was that, yeah, you can you can go, look, we've got this thing. But then when you go on to say, but then we want to use it in solar cells uh, and it makes our solar cells 10% better, mm-hmm. that's when you really got to be like super So that sick- sounds like you're almost saying it's sort of like if, if, you're, if you're producing something that's producing like a quantitative output. Yeah. Rather than like a, a qualitative, qualitative like, yeah, exactly. Picture that's or that's a, yeah, yeah, that's okay. way. But bad. even if you are making star-shaped things, yeah, and you say this is the method to make star-shaped things, mm. do you not then have a like some? You, you do you not need to prove reproducibility, or at least say yeah. re- that it's reproducible, so that if I'd make it one time, I come back the next day, I can make it again, so that I didn't make a mistake. That one time that I saw the star-shaped thing yeah. that actually made the star-shaped thing, not yeah. the procedure that I'm running now. This is where I'm running on my own. So we had an issue where, or a situation where I was creating, I thought, carbon nanotube and silver nanowire yarns that were of millimeter length, right? That's I was amazing. so excited. We put it in the VFD. <laughs> Do you remember this? This is a good one. Yeah. Put it in the VFD. It's a very good example. And it started, we we... like things were coming out and all of a sudden there were these really fine twisted yarns Mm. and Mm -hmm. it seemed to be twisted the same way that they were fabricated 
So it was all adding up. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, whoa. And I rushed down to tell one of the supervisors and he was like, oh my God, this is going to make blah, 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 blah. Yep. Someone didn't clean out the tubes properly. They were in <laughs> fact pulling out their Kim wipes over the collection vessels. So as they were collecting stuff, fibers were falling into these collection vessels and then we were like, okay, if they are these, this is what we need to see. Blah, da, blah, da, blah, da, blah. Mm-hmm. And we realized they were fluorescing and that if you took off fibers from his shirt and from the Kim wipes, they looked exactly the same under the microscope. Mm. So like, this is where Plot my thickened. own ethically, yeah. ethically, I was like, oh, well, there we are. Great. We're, we're wrong. We're stupid. Let's move on. Yeah. Whereas I think I'm judging other people that I'm hoping other people would be like, the same thing yes whereas a lot of people maybe wouldn't would go oh, we've got this thing let's publish let's rush to publish yeah. so well, it's so easy to just assume that what happened is what you thought was going to happen yeah yeah um so it didn't answer your question but that was well one but thing. It's, it's just another story where like perhaps a standard on reproducibility might help science yeah 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 i mean you'd, you'd have to develop standards for a lot of different things i think wouldn't you? Like, say, roughness of surfaces. Like, how many images would you accept? Mm. And what scan size would they have to be? Yeah. You have to develop a lot of standards for a lot of different things. Mm. When there's international... I know in the solar cell world, they, they bring out the... Um, ISO. Uh, there's the ISO, and also labs send in samples to each other yep. to test. And that's how they actually get records. Oh. You know, they beat world records. Mm-hmm. So, I guess, it, in a way, it's happening. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yep. So say you were entering a new research field. Chris, can you imagine entering yeah, a new research field? Yeah, muscles. Mm. Sounds uh, exciting. And you're doing an experiment for the first time. How would you find out what's acceptable in that field? Uh, I'd have to talk to people in that field. Yeah, ask the Read ask publications. The yep. Do you think that anyone in your own research field at the moment really know the answers to what's acceptable? Or they would just say like what you guys did and just say, well, this is what I do. Yeah. Or this is what I've seen you say, people I'm not do. really sure what the rule is. I yeah. think but a lot of people go, I, I mean, I go, you, you know, you go to publications and see what other people are doing. Yep. And then choose the minimum and do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind yeah. of a bit what it's like. You know, you don't want to do less than everyone else, but do you really want to do more? Because it takes takes longer then. Mm. So that's called refereeing by by the crowd, where the crowd determines what's acceptable or not, mm-hmm. uh, and as opposed to say refereeing via like some referee or rule book, yep. uh, where perhaps a referee sets out what would be the minimum um, requirements of a field, and we were talking before that that would actually be quite a lot for some specific fields to really say what the There'd that be requirements would be, things, yeah. Mm. Um, but those requirements all do exist for many things in industry. So, Chris mm. said the ISO standards, yep. um, very expensive to buy to actually work out how you're supposed to do things. I was involved in the development of the ISO standard for cantilever calibration. Oh, nice! It fell in. It, it, it didn't. It didn't eventuate. No, uh, no. no, no. Why not? Uh, the methods had there were too much uncertainty in the methods. There was some oh, really? doubt about you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it just didn't work out. I, I, it was me. I got a bunch of cantilevers from someone. They went round the world to different people, and just it didn't never, didn't never eventuated. Mm. Never happened. Well, that would have been nice. Mm. So examples, yeah. So we talk about examples of refereeing by a crowd. Um, so when you do do experiments, 
Do you need to report all the results that you get or just the ones where it worked? <laughs> what you should do? Oh, yeah. The, but there's clearly when experiments fail. Yeah, when you know what you did something wrong. Yeah. Or you're not quite sure what something went wrong, but the results are so anomalous that something obviously went wrong. Yeah. Those shouldn't be reported. Uh, you'd have to investigate to see why that happened, I think. Yeah. I mean, certainly when you're doing a lot of measurements, you do get um, measurements that are outliers. But if you're averaging a lot of numbers or averaging a lot of measurements, that often averages out. I yawned at you. Hmm? You know what I mean? So, like, for example, when you're doing cantilever calibration, you might get a value that's um, inordinately large or too very high, very low. low. It doesn't mean you discount it. You Mm -hmm. include it when you're doing the averaging. Yeah. It is going to happen. Yep. So, So you have to include it. So, you're very good, Chris. You're much better than average. Thank you. I think I. It averages out. So Finkel finishes the story so saying, imagine if we had something equivalent for the publication process. Ooh. The PPQA, uh, Publication Process Quality Insurance. PQR. Um, so compliance, so this is uh, undertaken at the journal level. Mm, okay. So compliance with the PPQA would indicate to researchers, research institutions and granting agencies that the journal followed internationally accepted guidelines. Um, granting agencies would only consider research that has been published in PPQA compliant journal when judging applications. Who's going to do that? So, as we said, so we talked before, who's no one really referees science. It kind of comes down to the reviewer, which we didn't actually get to. Yeah. Mm. And they don't really, they kind of then just review by the crowd as well or what they do. Mm. So they, they you, you, you read a review article and you say, well, I would do more than that. So I'd suggest them to do an extra reproducibility study. Mm. But there's no, often there's no guidelines saying what the minimum requirements are. Mm. Yeah. What do you think? Should journals, should, are, are journals ultimately responsible for the um, no. reproducibility and Statistical significance of results. No. Can't give it to journals. So who who then? <laughs> well, and that's why I'm really so annoyed no is because... And- no, because it falls down to scientists. Yeah, but they're being pro- pressured to publish. I know, and that's why it will never work. <laughs> so you can't rely on these private entities who just want money... Like, because all that's going to happen with journals is they're not going to they're not going to want to weather the cost, and so the price of publishing is just going to increase to cover that cost. But I, I Whereas, still th- and I, I thought when I read that article that, that that he did say something about the incentives do do have to also lie with funding agencies. Mm. Some journals are already doing something like this already. Oh, yeah. So the Nature Photonics has a two page checklist for if you ever want to uh, publish something to do with solar cells. Oh, that's good. So yeah, you right. heard and pick the fake. No, actually, you will hear and pick the fake yeah. that I do research in uh, solar cells. Yep. Yeah. So there's a few journals where there are specific checklists of what you must show, and but they don't actually say specifically how many repeats of an experiment you need to do to be statistically significant, which mm. really irks me. <laughs> right? Yeah. So it says you must, have you done a statistic, statistically significant number of samples? And then you just tick yes or no. <laughs> nice. Right? It doesn't say, have you repeated more than 10 times? Some people have a very loose definition of, of how big N should be. Yeah. I would definitely tick it if I 
even if I wasn't <laughs> no, no sure. No one's going to submit. No one's. Gonna, it's like if you're asked, you know, uh, have you ever committed genocide when you're uh, filling out your form to land in another country? I don't think anyone ticks yes. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so there are other things in, in biology as well. I think it's a, almost a bigger problem in biology mm. uh, than it is in uh, – because there's more money in um, pharmacy ah. uh, type research than there is in uh, cal- cantilever calibration and um, solar cells that um, aren't that hard great. to believe. So uh, you, neither of you – you're not with me, are you? Unresolved. You don't, you, don't like, you don't like rules, Andy? I think the idea is great. My, my only – Problem is I don't know how to, I don't know how to get it implemented is the problem. I think the system at the moment is too yeah. entrenched. Yeah, for think, it to for it to work. Destroy all journals and start new. Yeah, that's and that's I think my thoughts. It's too much money. Too much money. Too much. There too much is, power. Too many vested interests. There is no. no you s- don't publish in journals anymore. You'd publish in like the Australian Research Council. Publication. Who's going to take that risk? Who's going to risk their career by trying that? Trying that. Well, yeah. and that's why it needs to just be like we don't slide into something like this. Like it is a destroy and rebuild situation. I think you don't. You need, creep you need big names it. to lead the way, and then maybe the smaller ones will come like along. Christopher Gibson and Andrew Stapleton. And I may say on this Cameron Shearer. I've already published in the Australian Journal of Chemistry. You've done it. You've done it. You've led the way. I've done it. All right. <laughs> It's time for Pick the Fake. Oh, I was, you thought I was going to do Topic of the Day. It wasn't. It was Pick the Fake. Oh, no, I, I actually knew what you were going to do. Uh, what? I didn't, I didn't know. What you're gonna, I never know what you're going to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so this is, we've all come up with three papers where two of them are real and one of them is a fake. Baloney. Bugazi. Horse sh- and we have to pick it. Not real. Not real. Imagine. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. Go on then, Schmeister. Right. So let's let's. So now, um, I, I didn't have a lot of time to work this out. So I've actually got my own papers here. Oh. And so, Andy, I think in the past you've perhaps commented that some of my papers sound a bit the same. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> You're not sure, but you assume that's the case. And so you'll hear from these three titles that. I work on very varied topics. I'm so diverse as a person. Okay. Paper one. Yeah. Application of whole transporting materials as the interlayer in graphene oxide slash single walled carbon nanotube silicon heterojunction solar cells. Oh. Too many things. Snore. In that one. The second one. Number two. Two. Optimization of whole transporting materials as interlayers in graphene oxide slash silicon. <laughs> Did you just change one word? Heterojunction solar cells. Did you change one word there? Uh, is that all you've is done? That, have you just repeated the first one? No, there's. Um, you really did just work on this just three, before the podcast, didn't three you? Three words different. Oh. Okay, and the third one. Application of a whole transporting organic interlayer in graphene oxide slash single-walled carbon nanotube silicon heterojunction solar cells. Oh, oh my wow. God. Everything is disastrous. That, so that means that two of those are real. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That, yeah. I forgot that bit. That's <laughs> annoying as... Oh, my God. I hate this. I, I, hate I, this I know so which much. one I'm choosing straight away. That last one you said. Uh, you're going has, with my tactic. Has, it got, or, it, has it got organic in it? 
It's got organic in it. Is that the only one with the word organic in it? Uh, let me have a look. Yes. That's my choice. You so you think he's just slotted in organic? I don't know. I, I was I organic and solar cells, I don't know. It just doesn't sound I, right. Do you know what? Like I write down stuff to work out what it is. And for each one I've got uh, application <laughs> of the whole transport, graphene, carbon nanotube, silicon, heterojunction, solar cell. Yep. So that's the same in all of them. Well, no. So the first word in the first and third one is application. Yeah. The first word in the second one is optimization. <laughs> all right. So. All right. Now, and then it's of whole transporting. Yeah. In all of them. Yeah. The first one is as the interlayer and graphene. As the interlayer and graphene oxide go on, solar cells. Yeah. In the second one, it's as interlayers because, <laughs> because we looked at more than one. Oh, oh so did you? So, so you made a plural. <laughs> <laughs> so N was greater than one in that case. All right. Okay. And in the third one, it's application of a whole transporting inorganic, uh, sorry, whole transporting organic interlayer. Because we looked at a specific, another specific one. Yeah. All right, so it's organic. It's the organic I, one. For I sure. believe that you do have to apply, okay, and then optimize. So okay. I'm saying that the optimization one is true. All right, because that would annoy me that you had if two applied twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now my question is: it, Did you do a layer <laughs> or layers? I. Can you tell me where they were published? Okay, so application of whole transporting materials as the interlayer. Yeah. It was in the Australian Journal of Chemistry. Yeah. And the third one, application of a whole transporting organic interlayer was in Journal of Materials Chemistry A. Where was the last one? That was the last one. The one in the middle was in small methods. The optimization one was in small methods. All hold right. on a minute. Hold, hold, hold on a minute now. This this is there's something here on there's the There's a journals. fishy. Yeah, there's something fishy here. The last one, Journal Materials, Materials Chemistry A, was it? Was the last the one? Third one. The third yep. one. Yeah. I feel like the first one is the fake because I want you to I feel like you would have done layers because you're that sort of person. And I feel like you wouldn't be happy with the Australian Journal of Whatever it was, Australian Journal of Chemistry. Yeah, yeah. I don't know anyone you and work also with Austra- who would want to publish there. I might have to You're change my mind. It. No, this is the Monty Hall problem. You shouldn't change your. No, you should change your mind. I'm sticking with it. No, no, you should. I'm not. You should change your mind, Monty Hall. You're more likely to. Yeah, I've never understood that, but yeah, they say you should change your yeah. mind. So, Christy said number three. Is organic. I'm sticking with organic. Okay, so the fake was number two. Yeah, you should change, mate. Oh, no, I was going to go for AJC. Oh, yeah. I was going to change it, yeah. So, have you got, what have you got this week? You did science uh, oh, news articles. Uh, yeah, news yeah, articles? No, this, is, this is articles, actual actual um, peer-reviewed articles. Ooh. First one. Five minutes before the podcast. <laughs> comparison of four digestibility markers to estimate fecal output of dogs. Two, fecal macronutrient density in wild cat populations. Mm. Hold on. Is fecal in the last one as well? Yeah. 
Is this because I did a wee bass one last time? I got to beat you with poo. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And number three. Fecal bypass macronutrients impact stool quality in dogs and cats while species differentially impact nutrient digestibility. Oh, my God. (laughs) Whoa. Can I have that one again? Yeah, Yeah, say that again. Fecal bypass macronutrients impact stool quality in dogs and cats while species differentially impacts nutrient digestibility. He couldn't come up with that last one. There's no way he could come up with that last one. Okay. Fecal output of dogs. <laughs> I'm going with number one. Something sounds funny with that one. So... There's so number one so comparison of four digestivity markers to estimate fecal output. So they're estimating that you're looking at some markers to work out how much poo a dog puts out. What's the what journal is that in? That's from the Journal of Animal Science. <laughs> the, jour- the Journal of Poo. Okay. Get ready for the Journal of, of fucking Fecal Matter. A. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> <laughs> that's coming. Andy's, that's coming. It. I ruined it last time with that <laughs> that C. Andy's fake journal last time had a letter in the name. Number two, fecal macronutrient density in wild cat populations. Yep. Journal. F E M S microbiology. F E M S. Yeah. Did you look up what that stands no, for? No, no idea. Just copied and pasted. <laughs> <laughs> that's real. Mm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the third one, fecal bypass macronutrients impacts stool quality in dogs and cats while species differentially impacts nutrient digestibility. Yep. What journal was that in? The F-A-S-E-B journal. <laughs> F-A-S-E-B journal. Yeah. <laughs> Did you look at what that means? Nope. Lord. Lord. <laughs> This and is how he's going to fool us, isn't he? Because those last two sound really copy and pasted. Those last and two are copy and, and pasted. And he loves it. And he loves this. Yeah, I know. He does. He does. Now, the first one's... Now. 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 I don't know. So I, 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 was, I, was, I, I turned up early today to pick him up, right? So he didn't work on this till just before we left. And I reckon... It just that first one you were looking at you were looking around, you saw Sophie and you went Oh, poo. Output poo from dog. <laughs> Fecal output of dogs. Yeah. That's reasonable. So that's what he's that's what he's come up with. She's saying well in, in the Journal of Animal Science. That's the most real sounding journal out of all of yeah, them. Yeah, but I mean it, it could be a real journal. It doesn't mean the title of it's correct. Yeah, good point. Yeah, he could he could choose a real journal title. Good point, Gibbo. Yeah, so I'm still going with one. I'm right. going to go with something else, yep. but I think that's a good guess. I, I'm not sure. I'm going to go with number three as being the fake because mm, okay. it doesn't make sense, that title. It doesn't actually make sense. You're and right. And yeah. Andy is confident enough to make up a journal called F-A-S-E-B Journal. FASEB. And he'll tell us now that it really means Andy and Cameron are uh, uh, idiots or something like that. <laughs> are you ready? Yes. The fake is... Number two. <laughs> <laughs> I got you both, you what? buggers. I didn't even I can't remember what number two was. Fecal, Fecal macronutrient density in wild cat populations. Ah. What? <laughs> and the journal? 
I uh, don't know. FEMS, microbolt, don't know. <laughs> well done. Thank you. Well done, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Can, I, can you read it? Do you want me to hold it? No, no, no. It's fine. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are we ready? You ready? Number one. Hypergravity and its effect on human skeletal muscles. Ugh, that skeletal... You did this one before. <laughs> Two. Interstellar probes. Full colon. The benefits to astronomy and astrophysics. And the last one. Solar electric propulsion for human Mars missions. Boom. Do your worst, gentlemen. Good ones, Chris. Good ones. Thank you. Well Thank done. You. Thank you, Schmoopster. So hypergravity is an effect on human skeletal muscles. So we do know that you are unhealthily obsessed with muscles. Um, <laughs> and so I, I don't know. I think you would be searching for muscle-based things. Um, your interstellar probes full colon joke. <laughs> I mean... Did you find the article and decide you really liked the probes full colon or did you want to get a f- probes full colon joke yeah, that into one. your uh, title that you made up? I, I cannot reveal that to you. I cannot reveal. It's something I could search for, of course, but it's also something my brilliant brain could come up with. Yeah. Because we have the, the Voyager 1 and Voyager 2 are out there. They're in interstellar space technically right now, I think. They are interstellar probes, but I don't think they call them interstellar probes. I don't think that's quite the right term. Um, Mm, That's a good point. Oh, no, but a probe is like curiosity and like... Oh, well, the other thing with these, with interstellar probes is if they have advanced propulsion systems that haven't been invented yet, this article is about making them. So what are the advantages of interstellar probes to astrophysics and astronomy if we have um, propulsion systems on board that are much better than today? So we could launch them oh, I didn't at much faster to any speeds. Of that. Yep. Yeah, okay. The final one was solar electric propulsion for human Mars missions. So that's another example. So that's an advanced propulsion system that would allow people to travel from Earth to Mars in a much shorter period of time. So is this like a solar, what, go slingshotting around the sun? No, because the sun's further away nope, than Mars. Nope, nope, nope. So this is would be... Solar wind. Yes. You, you, there's a few different ways. You can use the solar wind or you can use solar energy to power an ion drive, I-O-N. I-O-N. All right. They're all... They're all plausible. That's yeah. the main thing about this one, right? Yeah. yeah. Normally, I can get you on like how you say them or... No, I've worked how... on this. I've worked on this. Yeah. All right. Look me in the eye. One. <laughs> two. <laughs> three. I don't think that's the game. All right. <laughs> Two's the fake. He's, he's gone for the... He's gone for the interstellar probe full colon thing. Two's the fake. That's not the way. Aren't we supposed to be using our transferable science skills to work out? No, what's no, that is fake? my transferable science skill. <laughs> He's using <One>. body language. <laughs> He's using body language, which is perfectly legitimate. All right. What, what journal article is number two in? All right. What, what journal? I have to look up my fake journal. <laughs> there we go. No, it's not fake. Oh, you're so you're so bad at this. No, I think he's good. I think he's uh, good at he's lying. Good. He's good at lying. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it is in the journal. Oh no, that's right. 
This one is not in a journal. It's on ARXIV. So it, it's, it's, uh, it was posted on Arx, Arx, what is it? Archive. Archive. Archive, yeah. Okay. And number three, solar electric propulsion for human Mars missions. Acta Astronon- Astronautica is the name of that journal. Astronautica. Right. Astronautica. Okay. So I read a book once by Arthur C. Clarke where they did a yacht race in space mm. using solar wind. Oh, yeah. Is yep. there? It was a decent read, but I looked up about using this type of solar wind as a way for interstellar travel, mm-hmm. and uh, it is not good enough for Mars-type missions. Just Google that right now. Is this knowledge you already have, or did you just Google that? No, I already knew it. Oh, okay, that's fine. Um, it's going to call what you year cheat. was that one in, number three? What year was that? It is 2019, July. Okay, so I believe... I believe, well, now I don't really believe it, but I'm going with number three as being the fake without any confidence. Well, this is a bit unprecedented because we've all got it wrong. What? Number one, skeletal muscles. I fucking knew it. (laughs) Oh, I should listen to my instincts. He really did struggle on the hyper, hypo gravity uh, question. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it it is all, that's all real science. Yeah, but it is. I should have listened. The skeletal muscles. I don't think I've ever heard that in a real. Real journal. I you know, I was reading National Geographic the other weekend when I was at my parents' holiday house without internet. <laughs> and in National Geographic, they used the word gleaned. Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> yes. I, was gonna take I love it. Thank you. Glean. It's, so you it's a proper awesome <laughs> word. And it's going back into my next paper. <laughs> Well, good game, everyone. Well done, guys. We fooled each we other. We all failed. We Neil all failed. Yeah. <laughs> we, all, we, we all succeeded and we all failed. Yeah, that's that's a nice way to think about it. I like it. I like it. Yes. Music is provided by the awesome Adelaide-based band Boys Rom. Go check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app, Lifecar Facebook page. Join in the forum. Wherever it is. Wherever it is. (laughs) And leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast because that helps us a bunch. Cameron, sponsor for the week. You were just listening to Published Parental Podcast and it was brought to you this week by our future sponsor, Gibbo's Interstellar Probes. Colon, get your probe in. Uh, colon. Give those interstellar probes. Gips. <laughs> All right. Get final farewells. Bye. 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 Bye.